episode 46, Mike Campbell. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, and their wake up question to finish. The Alpha Way Intensive is now live. We are taking applications. Go to Facebook forward slash Awaken Your Alpha. Watch the short five minute video and we are taking applications as we speak. I will be getting back personally to each and every one of you, not necessarily in order, in order of who is suitable, most suitable and takes priority. So you think that's you and you want to get involved there are six spots for the uk six spots for the usa and that is all we're doing this year so get in touch get on the facebook group like it follow the links apply and i will speak to you in person very soon get to the podcast we are here to unleash your alpha today because i have mike campbell on the line and as i just mentioned he's from sydney and we connected almost purely because his whole thing is about unleashing the alpha and obviously, like minds attract each other. And we both sort of said, oh, we should have a talk considering the similarities. His, um, his book cover is, you know, man in the suit. It's just, it's very, it's good to see that no matter where you're from, where, what your industry is, there are alphas out there. And there is a very similar trait in men all around the world. So firstly, uh, Mike, are you ready to unleash the alpha? I am for sure. Good to be here. Okay, brilliant. I mean, I was very brief there. I, I don't think I even mentioned that time round that, yep, Unleash the Alpha is a, a best-selling book that came out only about three months ago and has done very well. And Mike is involved with Men's Health in Australia just recently and a whole load of other things. So, Mike, would you like to just add to the bio? Sure. So, uh, yeah, so, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm a personal trainer by trade, I suppose. I've been doing that for uh, 10 years now, uh, having grown up in New Zealand. Um, my accent may come through to some of you. Uh, yeah, so so I've been doing um, working as a PT and a coach for about ten years, a little bit uh, in the UK as well, actually, and then now here in Sydney. Uh, it's kind of the last five years or so, I suppose, that I've been back here in Sydney that I've done on on not just what my methodology is and my philosophies, but also um, I suppose who they help, uh, and that's kind of where the whole unleash your alpha thing has come about. And I and I've you know really, I suppose, realised that that a I've always helped and always trained, but b the same problems keep coming up time and time again, and, and and you know again, as I said, the the process that I've slowly evolved um, to to help my clients uh, is that to both simplify uh, health and fitness for men uh, and help them get in great shape, but not just physically in all areas of their life, and and I suppose therefore unleash their alpha. Yep, I mean I've got to chuck in there. This is what I loved. Eat like a man, train like a beast, operate like a gentleman, and become a legend. I mean, I like the sound of that instantly. <laughs> yes, that's me. So that's the that's the subtitle to the book, uh, which you know. And as you'll know, right, doesn't necessarily say too much. I mean, it's obviously about you know food nutrition, right? So eat like a man, train like a beast is a big part of it. But but for me, and that's why it's different because it is so much more than that. You know, I could sit down with a guy and 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 give him every meal. I could take him through every training session, but Unless we, we know who he is as a man, you know, where his head's at, where his life's going and where he wants it to go, then, then all that nutrition stuff is, is kind of just 
very easily pulled by the wayside, and it does, and I've seen it time and time again. Um, and, and once they have that buy-in and they know their journey, then all of a sudden they can operate like a gentleman and become a legend. Brilliant. Well, off. We like to start with a bit of an alpha quote. I mean, I don't sure. want to take it that that's definitely your alpha quote, but that sounds very <laughs> good to me. But have you got a quote that you like to live your life by as well? Sure. I mean, to be honest, I've got a lot. One that, that um, sticks with me quite a lot and has stuck with me quite a lot is actually, uh, from, from what I can tell, is uh, an African proverb. And it goes along the lines of, I build the road and the road builds me. Uh, and when I first kind of saw that, you know, it, it just really resonated me, with me because one thing that I'm very big about myself and obviously my clients is about challenging yourself and pushing past your comfort zone in order to grow and, and become a better person. And, and I'm very much about, you know, if I find myself hesitating and going, oh, maybe I don't want to do that, I'll catch myself and go, you know what, you've got to do it. And, and it's, a, it's that element of, you know, stepping off the cliff and learning to fly on the way down kind of thing. I build the road, and as I build the road, the road you know continues to build me, and I grow and become a, a better person for it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Can we find out a little bit about your origin story? Story, even how did you come to the point where you're about to release a book and released a book all about unleashing your alpha? And I slowly, I suppose, started to piece together. You know, as soon as I started training people, I realised that it was more than just training. Right? It was more That's than what I wanted, I wanted to go even further back than that. Like, because obviously you said you're originally from New Zealand. I mean, it's it's a it's a not that far, but how are you? Have you ended up in uh, Australia, and then obviously you said you came over to the UK, which is miles. Sure. So I mean, and did you always want to train, <laughs> then, or did you always want to train people when you was growing up? What's what's where, where so, are you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a I suppose a logical and standard journey. I'm uh, so what did I do? I played rugby a lot of often. Um, and very competitively, and, and it was my passion growing up, to be honest. You know, I was pretty talented and, and, and I loved it. And for me, growing up, um, that's kind of what I, I suppose, wanted to do and thought I would do without, you know, really thinking about it. <laughs> but probably being say, like, why well, I'm no longer doing it. But um, it's been mentioned on the show before. If you want to, you know, talking about the alpha man, New Zealand rugby, the All Blacks, you don't get more alpha than that. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, to be honest, you know, I mean, I look up to, to a few guys there and I actually tried to get hold of Richie McCord to interview for my book, but unfortunately it just couldn't work out, which, uh, which would have been very cool. But, um, Can I but, just yeah, say, that was... this is, sorry, Brian, this is very weird. Obviously, uh, English person. Sure. I have, like, I was going to wear my, uh, I was going to wear my England Rugby Sevens top, actually, <laughs> for the interview. <laughs> but this is really weird. And I even, I thought about it years later. Obviously, I would never wear another country's top. And I wore... Like, because I used to teach PE, I used to wear, and it was a big rugby school, I used to wear a uh, New Zealand, like, um, All Blacks top. For so I didn't think too much about it, just because I just, what I associated with how, like, they were just so awesome, and it was more... Yeah, yeah, and it's the brand, really, yeah, beyond yeah. beyond the New Zealand team, I suppose. Yeah, regardless of a country, it was almost irrelevant, and people almost didn't question it. If I'd have worn, like, a South African rugby top, people would have thought I was insane. Or if I'd have worn, like, an... You know, like sure. a Scotland rugby top, or uh, you know, people thought, "What are you doing?" Like, but they saw I was wearing a New Zealand one. Apart from they thought I was uh, from New Zealand for a bit, but then yeah, yeah. then there's like, "Oh no!" And then it's like, "Oh yeah," they didn't question it because they understood I was wearing it because 
the All Blacks are awesome, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and it's that brand, right? Like yeah. it would be, you know, like me wearing a, a Chicago Bulls yeah. thing that growing same up, thing, same thing, same thing on the back. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Lots of people wear Chicago <laughs> Bulls. I would, and like people wouldn't say, "Are you from Chicago?" No, why are you wearing it? Yeah, yeah. They, they get it. <laughs> So nice. Good to see you're a fellow supporter. <laughs> yeah, so look, that was me growing up, to be honest. I kind of thought that's what I would do, but that without really thinking about it. I wasn't really one of those kids that was extremely focused on, on, on where I wanted to go. And to university in a very similar way. I knew I was going to go to university, but I didn't really know what I was going to do. And, and I kind of stumbled into um, a physical education degree down in Otago. I was very intrigued uh, by the human body. Like I, I just found it fascinating, and, and, and obviously, you know, every day you're learning new stuff, and it was really cool. And so I went through a degree in physical education, and, and again, still by the end of it, you know, I was I was a pretty um, boozy student and so on. So I wasn't exactly the most um, studious. But by the time I got to the end of the, the degree, I, I had all that knowledge, and I still wasn't 100% as to what I wanted to do. And a lot of my classmates. Um, went on to teacher's college and, and did a bit of teaching and I kind of thought, nah, you know, I don't know if that's me. A lot of times doing some kind of sports physical training type degree, that is kind of the uh, the default mode. A lot of people just go straight from that into it. It's kind of like that was the well-trodden yeah, yeah. path. I mean, it's, it's changed a bit now because there's so many opportunities in sports and fitness. But, uh, you know, when I was coming through as well, it was it was kind of straight through and a large proportion went straight onto teacher training. Yeah, and it was similar in my degree. It basically went to being a PT or being a teacher. But I think a lot of young guys and girls get into being a PT through selfish reasons, um, which is completely fine. You know, they are interested in training themselves, so they go and learn about it, which is cool. Um, and it's basically what I did. But, you know, when I when I started doing it and I started helping um, a lot of different kind of people and, and so on, I started to soon realize how cool it was, you know, helping people. And, and even if it was just, you know, some guy who'd had this back pain for years and he came in, he started training and he was getting a bit stronger and all of a sudden he was pain-free, like that stuff was cool. Yeah. And I realized, you know, how, how much kind of impact I could have uh, on people. And that's when I, I dove kind of headfirst into being a PT to the UK where I played rugby and um, did some training. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. To be honest, it was such a cool experience yeah, to, uh, to get over there and, and just um, play rugby. What's your favorite position? Do you so um, I am a first 5'8". So what's that? A fly half? Fly half? Fly yeah. Fly half. Yeah, I'm fully into rugby, but I never actually really played because um, my school didn't have a rugby team. Um, and I grew up, people saying, oh, you'd be good at rugby, you should try it and stuff like that. But it was, it was never really there. We had one one teacher came in who we started a rugby team. We had one game, absolutely loved it. But obviously, we didn't. most of the team didn't know what they was doing. We got absolutely <laughs> hammered, but I loved it. And then the team just fell apart. We had one game, that was it. <laughs> but it was awesome fun. But then I, I, I coached rugby for sort of three years solid, my first teaching play. It was a big rugby school. It was either like, right, you've got to be yeah. rugby or football or sucker. And uh, <laughs> I did not want to be football. So I, I was all over the rugby. And so I coached it and, yeah, loved it. It's brilliant fun. Very nice. After playing a bit of footy in uh, Scotland, I moved down to London and kind of did the standard Kiwi Aussie thing and spend a bit of time in London. But, but that was a really... No, I didn't. <laughs> That's no. not the complete standard Aussie no, thing. No. <laughs> I um, but it's the same thing. I worked in this as I do here. I worked in the city uh, as a trainer, and and that's when I really, um, you know, did it. I suppose a bit of my craft and and training the audience that I now you know specialise in, in helping kind of corporate men. Yeah. And it also allowed me to travel through Europe and and experience a bit of really cool stuff while I kind of honed my craft a bit. 
Cool. Would you say during that phase there was like an awakening type moment? Because it sounds like you was, you was doing your training, you was about your own rugby, and you, you kind of you was in London. So there's a lot of obviously corporate professional men, and yeah. you kind of just all of a sudden it was there like an awakening type moment when you came back home, or I don't know when it all just came together, and then the book was produced. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, as you know, right? Sometimes moments are over the space of one, two. 10 years right so for me it was for me it was it was um it was when i not when i got back here but but i, but I got back um here to to sydney and and you know some stuff kind of some big things changed in my life and so on and and then i got into um a really a really uh i suppose uh inspiring and, and challenging uh gym environment and, and by that i mean a, a team of trainers that were top notch and that kind of made me lift my game really and go right well, what am I doing you know these people are doing some cool stuff you know what am I doing and then and then um certainly when I when I uh, started seeing and, and then spending a, a hell of a lot more time with my uh my lovely girlfriend uh, who is also a trainer and, and was at the same uh club that I am still at um and she was someone who had a, a massive impact on me uh you know kind of looking inside myself and internally and and, and what again you know where am I going? What am I doing? Who am I? And, and kind of why do I do what I do? That awakening was right. I've got I've got some skills here. I've got a real you know strong skill set. I've got, I've got a strong message and a real. I've got you know I've got a big passion to to share it. So cool. You know what next? Basically, that's interesting because <laughs> it really rolled on. Because I'm sure obviously you were just being you. You were just obviously you're quite used to being you and you, it's taken years and years. But sometimes it takes an, someone else to come along and actually point out, wait a minute, this is pretty awesome stuff. And like, like if you're not going to do it, who is? Like there isn't really a level up from you. Like you are, this is this is good stuff. You need to put it out there. Of course, yeah. And that's the thing for me and certainly what I'm working with, you know, with my clients is that, like I said earlier, it's about becoming the best man you can be. And obviously I think health and, and uh, is a massive part of that and, and whatever you want to kind of bring under that umbrella. Yeah. But in order for you to become the best man you can be, right, you, you need to be healthy. And, and a lot of the times we kind of think about, oh, I need to get healthy or oh, I should probably exercise more. Um, but there is deep underlying reasons for that. Uh, some guys are aware of that, but many aren't. And sometimes yeah. it takes... Um, someone else or, or something else or some occurrence to to make you know give you some awareness around or at least kickstart that process some, some people's approach is almost like they're putting plasters on things and they're just like oh i'll do a bit of healthy stuff now because i need to or just it's got to be a lifestyle once you understand like you, you know that the ethos and what it's and it's just it's got to be a, a, a mental thing and it just becomes a way of yeah. life because you know, a small changes that become a way of life are better than big one-off events of just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this 30-day thing or I'm going to really go hard for like a week and then I'm just going to be a mess for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the month. It's just, yeah. Exactly. Everyone wants a quick fix, but it's about patience. It's about hard work. Um, but it's about also using a, a system that's simplified that works for you. And then you've got to consistently apply yourself in the same way that, you know, if I wanted to uh, learn Spanish, I mean, my Spanish is very limited. <laughs> but if I want to learn Spanish, then if I go a oh, 12-week course of Spanish, and then I'll know Spanish, well, no, that's not the case. I might, I might be a lot better off. But what I need to do is I need to every day practice my Spanish, yep. and slowly over a, <laughs> exactly, and slowly over like a period a of time, I will get a lot better at the language. But it ain't just going to happen overnight. You've got to work at it and keep nudging away. 
and it's the same with fat loss or whatever it is for the most part anything to do with your health yeah and it's, it, the whole point as well is the the end result is it efficient because I mean, like you say for this spanish example I got through the whole of South America very well with dos cervezas, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> nada más. Um, La Cuenta. Um, what else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lines of, yeah. Two beers for me and my friend. Um, a little chicken. Uh, nada más was really important because when we first started, we were thinking we was getting all right. And then they would say a few things that we didn't understand when we was ordering food. And we'd just be like, yeah, see. And then when we, they'd bring us our food <laughs> and then they would just start bringing more and more crap yeah, out. More you and you more food. Something and so eventually, <laughs> the essential one to learn was not a mass and get that in quick before they said anything. So, nah. So, but again, that works. So if we, like your systems, if you've got a system that's simple that you can follow and is efficient, gets yeah. you the end result, why bother chucking a load of bells and whistles on it and complicating totally. it so you're less likely totally. to actually stick to it? Yeah, and that's one of the things and one of the biggest problems I see at the moment in the fitness industry. It's something that, you know, grinds my gears, I suppose. Yeah. Is that there is just way, way too much information. It's confusing. It's conflicting most of the time. And, you know, you see it. You just got to spend half an hour on Facebook and, and see the kind of contrasting, heaty arguments from so-called experts. Yeah. To realize how hard it is for the average guy to, to figure out what the hell he's supposed to do. And, and that's why I believe that there's such a need for, for information to be simplified. And it's our duty as professionals to simplify it because we're the ones who read the research. We're the ones who experiment on ourselves and, and, and do all the reading and so on. Uh, so we can make it simple for the people who don't give a shit about all that other stuff. They just want it to be simple <laughs> and they want it to work. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So in this journey, I mean, it, your girlfriend was mentioned there, but was there, this is our Yoda question, was there someone, and you said there's a lot of cool trainers at this gym you yeah, went yeah. to that sort of made you up your game. Was there ever one or two figures that were like, really helped you awaken your alpha? I think I've been very lucky. Like uh, I had a, um, you know, very close-knit family and I, you know, I, I 100% know that, that my mother um, and my sisters and my dad were a massive part of that. And one of the things there was my dad kind of coached me rugby basically until the age of about 17 I suppose so so I always had that um, you know I always had him around in, in that sense and a lot, and a lot of uh, contact but probably more when I got back here into the really kick-starting I suppose the journey I've been on for about the last four or five years was um, as I mentioned my, my girlfriend who continues to be a, a source of inspiration and one of the other elements in there I should also mention is that uh, Around that time, my mother uh, passed away from lung cancer, and oh, sorry, to um, you know, her her kind of um, journey, I suppose, through four years after being diagnosed was was uh, yeah. I mean, it was obviously a big thing, but it was, but it was pretty inspirational because she um, she just lived her life, and and it really rammed home to me the importance of of both our health and also you know not dwelling on the petty things and, and living a, a cool kick-ass life <laughs> and then I started doing a what would we call a small business entrepreneurial growth course yeah um, called uh, KPI which is actually uh, based in the UK okay then came out here but it's run by um, an Aussie guy created by an Aussie guy called Daniel Priestley and Dan uh, essentially is the creator of that and, and yeah, they have many spots all over the globe at the moment, but it was still reasonably new in Australia. So I actually had a lot of time with Dan and his um, business partner. And Dan was a massive influence on me in terms of uh, in terms of being a mentor. And and obviously it was nothing to do with the fitness industry, but it was more yeah. just about what I do 
uh, what it is that I'm best suited to do and and kind of making that happen and, and yeah they're very switched on and awesome guy he's got some very cool books um, one called uh, Entrepreneur Revolution which I recommend you read it's really Ooh. cool I think, um, I, and, I think I might that could be your uh, recommend who I interview next or at least one yeah, of them yeah yeah Dan, Dan is a very cool guy and, and uh, just one of those guys that can sit down and, and you know and assess you and pick your business apart we are going to mix it up now and this is going to be the yin yang round and then a little bit of complete blank around so the yin yang I just want you to Go with your gut on this. Jonah Lomu or Richie McCall? Good question. <laughs> you know you've got a Kiwi at the end when you, when you ask us like that. Uh, I have to say Jonah. Oh, I love Jonah. <laughs> i got a man crush. For me, like 95 was when he cracked on the scene, so I was, oh, what, 13? So for that five years, I was a teenager, right? So that was when I was kind of more in the idolising. Yep. Stage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think he got most famous for just crushing Englishmen and running over them. That was just yeah, and just you know when you look at professional rugby these days, there's massive units all over the show. But he he yeah. kind of paved the way, and and it was it was cool to watch. Yeah, that was well, that's what it was because like like you say now, there's units all over the place. But there it was like an arms race, and that was a big leap forward. And he was going up <laughs> against unequipped Englishmen on the wing who were little fast guys, and he was just you know six foot four or whatever he is just built like an absolute forward so fast and just run them over. It just wasn't yeah. fair. And I loved Impressive. it. <laughs> For anyone who's not, doesn't know about rugby. Yeah. That was, well, you've got to look up Jonah Lomu. And then there was another, obviously New Zealander or rugby legend. Anyway, Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Uh, aye. Dinner out or dinner in? Oh, good question. Uh, like one of my big things is food. I'm a massive foodie. I love, uh, I love cooking, but but I've always gone for that option. Um, but again, this is when my girlfriend's been a bit more of an influence. She loves um, finding out, and we've done a lot more of it in the last year, definitely. But I think I probably still prefer uh, creating a nice meal myself. Okay. And when it comes to that meal, then I guess surf or turf? Big lump of meat or a load of fish? Meat. Yeah, that was a silly question because I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the photo of the alpha and I'm like meat. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Steak. Well, on that subject, I'm not sure if I uh, have, have mentioned this before <laughs> when we uh, first chatted. But um, so when was this? A couple of years ago now, 2012. I set myself a challenge in which I sourced, cooked, and ate a different meat every week of the year. 52 meets in 52 weeks uh, and that was that was my first blog actually which I, I wrote about it each week I told a little story of the meat that I did and the recipe and, and everything and oh, and obviously man. coming about it because there was there was many many uh, different that stories that must have been there, a but, brilliant year <laughs> it was an interesting one but it was a very cool way for me to, to really kind of kick off uh, myself as a writer and, and this yeah. is probably a key part to the story earlier which I left out um, and start to share my, my message of kind of health and, and fitness and wellness and so on. Um, and that, that blog was a good medium and I suppose somewhat of a Trojan horse to do that. Um, but yeah, it was a very interesting journey. Well, I like uh, but it, it, of course, it did include um, surf as well. There was, there yeah. was seafood. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a vast majority was uh, <laughs> animals from around the land. What I like about that is like like the best things to do in life. You're living it. Imagine if someone had said, right, you've got to go and research and you've got to talk about a different meat, eating it and cooking it for a week every, like, well, for, for a whole year, you'd be like, oh, but if you're living it, you're doing it anyway. And like, it's interesting. And it's obviously quite easy to write about your experiences. Definitely. So. It was, I mean, the, the stories write themselves to be honest, because yeah. every week, certainly in the last 
two months was it consumed a lot of my time. What was the, like weirdest, what was the weirdest meat or you, you ate? Uh, I ate a possum, right? So in New Zealand, I only have the concept of a possum being a pest, like a, a pest, total pest. Whereas evidently, as I discovered here in Australia, they're a bit more of a treasured, fluffy animal. <laughs> so when I started telling people I ate a possum, they were like, you you what? You ate a little possum? I was like, yeah, they're fucking pissed. It was pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, things like a possum were pretty weird. What, what um, the worst? Emu. So emu I've, I've heard, you know, quite good, quite gamey, but I just, I got a, a, a cut that I didn't know and it turned out to be probably a quite a poor cut that you would want to <laughs> cook really slowly and I think I cooked it like a steak or something and it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty hard. But another one, um, what did I do? I was in New York and I did uh, python. And I was on holiday, so I kind of went, okay, I've done crocodile in Australia, which was beautiful, but I'm on holiday and I had the patience of time for it, so I'm just going to marinate it and cook it like crocodile. Thought about what it would be like to, to try and chew the rubber on the sole of your shoe, but it, oh, it's probably giving you a good idea as to what the... Rough, so I couldn't rough. even really taste it, to be honest, because it was, it was so tough. I was going to say, did you do a warthog or anything like that? Did you hit any African meat much? No. My favourite meat I've ever had... I think it was called, uh, it was in Africa. There were so many good meats in Africa, but it was in uh, Hemsbrock, I think. I think it's the like, it's not an antelope, but it's that sort of thing on the, on the sort of the right. plane. Yeah, yeah. The one with the real sort of, almost like unicorn um, horns, like really long, straight ones. I got yeah. And yeah, it was interesting because after <laughs> eating this stuff for a while, and when you're on safaris and stuff and seeing animals, you start to look at them in a different way. And when you see one come past, you're like, ah, oh, tasty. <laughs> <laughs> really Trust me, I over. spent 52 weeks doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Argentina is the, the best steaks I've ever had. They do steaks like bricks and they're just beautiful. I was in England actually and I went shooting with a mate of mine and, and I managed to shoot one of the two birds that flew over, uh, which I was very surprised that I shot yeah. one. But but that was one of my aims was to, to actually be responsible for killing and gutting and doing yeah. it for one of the animals that I ate because... I became very passionate about, um, you know, respecting animals and yeah. using all of all of the animals. So offal was a big part of the journey as well. Yeah, there's always that part, that, that fault as well. I, I think it as well. Like, why should someone do the, the nasty work? If you're going to eat meat, why should someone have to do all the killing for you? Um, not saying that I go out and hunt things down daily, but, you know, I completely appreciate that and understand that, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a very big thing, I think, that we've lost. And, and, and to me, it's a, it's a big part of why we're so goddamn my beast is because we, we mindlessly eat and we don't have that actual connection to our food. Yeah. And I'm not certainly saying that everyone should get out and kill some animals before they eat them, but, but that kind of thing does, does give you a good respect for the animal and also it does give you a bit of a... It brings you in tune again with your food. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I want to take down something with my bare hands at one stage of my life and just, just like snap a neck. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, but that. <laughs> well, this is where you, this is where you got your three. Right, you got your land animals, you got your birds, and you got your fish. That's 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 the order, right? Fish yeah. are easy. You can yeah. shoot a bird. Well, I mean, obviously, you can shoot a bigger animal. There's a lot. There's but, a lot. Um, I'm going yeah. to um. I'm going to northern. I'm going to northern Michigan uh in the, in a week for a month and um moving out there next year and there's a lot of hunting goes on up there you know there so you I've, heard, I've heard stories so there's some proper animals up there <laughs> i know a family member goes at it with a not with a gun with a bow and arrow in the woods so that's pretty cool but i've also heard stories of yeah, old school. people trying to take down like jumping off a either a quad bike or a snowmobile or something and trying to take down something so 
I'm, 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 <laughs> I think the winters are long, you Just know. For the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't get that extreme. But this, I mean, the thing is, when I, when I finished that, um, this is to answer the, the Circle Turf question, but when I finished that blog, I, I had so many. It was so a many, question. You know, <laughs> I had so many um, people like, you know, emailing me and questions and comments and stuff every week, and it was really cool. Uh, and one of the most common ones was, what are you going to do now? Yeah, uh, and I kind of thought oh, I'm going to do nothing. It's been hard. It's been <laughs> hard. The best one because I ranked them, so you can go to the website. It's called meetmikecampbell.com. Okay. One was uh, a meat or well, an animal called yeah. tar, and tar is a Himalayan mountain goat which got oh. introduced to New Zealand as game uh, a long time ago. Yeah, God, that that was actually the, one of the most interesting yin yang rounds ever. <laughs> I think we only did about one, one yin, maybe a yang, but that's good. What is your favourite movie of all time and why? So I would say inside my top three would be uh, Old School. Uh, that movie got me through university. I just absolutely <laughs> laughed my ass off that every time. And one of the other ones with that would be Super Troopers. Super Two comedies. Troopers. Yeah. I haven't seen Super Troopers. So no, this you need to watch that. Most recommendations that someone said their favourite movie and it's something I haven't seen, so I'm intrigued. I need to see yes, it. a must-watch. Super Troopers is one of those ones, like, I don't even know, you know, back in uni we found it at the back of the DVD store kind of thing, and, and I suppose it's one of those cult classic kind of things. You've either heard about it or you haven't. Yeah. It's funny. It's very funny. <laughs> okay. Is it, in a, is it an American film? Or it's you... American, yeah, and it's essentially uh, the premise is a bunch of uh, state troopers go around messing with uh, people on the roadside that they pull over and doing pranks and stuff. It's good. This is a complete blank around. Your best friend would describe you as? The meathead. <laughs> Last time you were drunk was? About three weeks ago. Uh, I went to the rugby in the afternoon and then went to the pub to watch another game of rugby and then went to a birthday party. <laughs> You are the classic New Zealander, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to spin you around. Oh, my God. This is going to be in the... So this oh is the city. my God. This is the city. And we come around to the bridge. Well, so, guys, listen sure. to the podcast. You're going to have to go and see the, the trailer for this because this is Sydney Harbour Bridge with a sunset. Oh, And uh, can we see the uh, opera house there? Yeah, I don't want to sound like a wanker, but this is my office. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, uh, I can spin you around and show you the the sun coming up in uh, Crawley, the sights of South England. I won't do. Uh, yeah, I don't want to show you up. <laughs> it's all about the view, man. That is, I am. I'm about to get a much better view. I'm obviously going away for a month, and then I'm moving to that. Yeah, that sounds cool. The view is going to be ridiculous, and you're more than welcome to come visit. If feel like New Zealand, if anyone can ever make the effort to get there, you know, fair play to them. So I, I will uh, sort them out because no it. one will come. No, sorry. So I, <laughs> I interrupted your, your blanking round there, but I thought I could just see that pink coming oh, through and it's pretty cool. That's way better than the blanking round. So we're moving <laughs> on. We're moving on, man. Right. Um, just, just quickly then, if you were to wake up tomorrow, I'll give you that sunrise and that sunset. You can have that. You So wake up tomorrow in this apartment, but... There was no Unleash Your Alpha. Everything had just been whipped away somehow. You still had your girlfriend, close family. Um, what would you do and why? Like, Sure. Um, well, to be honest, you know, obviously I've spoken about what I, what I yeah. do a bit and I've written a book about it. 
Um, and as I said, you know, I, I am extremely passionate about this stuff. Um, so beyond perhaps um, traveling a bit more, <laughs> because I love travel, I, I love getting out to the, to the different parts of the world and experiencing new things. But And that, that is one of the things with, with my business that I intend on doing, is being able to travel a little bit and still do what I do. So for me, it would... It would be continuing to experience cool shit in life, uh, but also continuing to try and inspire and help men live a better life because I really think I have an answer and a method that, that helps people, and I love doing it. Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? <laughs> and it can be someone that you'd like aspire to like you, that you don't know, or it could be one of your uh, under-the-radars, someone from uh, in your neck of the woods would be good. Sure. Well, I mean, as we kind of discussed earlier, um, a mentor of mine, Dan Priestley, would be pretty cool. However, it might be pretty hard to get on the line, but it's worth, uh, it's worth a try because he's a very cool guy. He's got some yeah. amazing, interesting insights. So I'm quite disappointed you're not best mates with Jonah Loma then. No, no. I haven't met Jonah, I don't think, although I did. All news don't know playing. each other. What is going on? <laughs> although I will tell you, um, there's only really one degree of separation, maybe two, maybe Ooh. two. I can I can't tell you how many times when I lived. So I lived in Scotland for a bit. I lived in London for a bit. I also lived in Ireland for a bit. And anywhere over there, if I ever ran into uh, a Kiwi, yeah, uh, we either knew someone, yeah, yeah, you know, I know them, or <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I think I know their brother or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens, man. It happens, man. Yeah, but no, I did. I did actually grow up uh, playing with rugby and against uh, Mr. Dan Carter. So Ooh. close, close. He's an alpha. Yeah, definitely. He goes okay. Yeah, he whips. He whips and, off. And for, the, for, for those who don't know, I suppose of the American audience out there, he's a uh, one of the All Blacks. Uh, I suppose best players of all time, really. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's well known for his. He does his underwear modelling as well. He whips off down to his pants far too much. Um, so he'd be like the David Beckham of New Zealand rugby. True. Johnny, true. Wilk yeah. Johnny Wilkinson of English rugby, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, no worries. Um, I think we're pretty much done here, unless there's anything else you want to chuck out there. Well, what's the best way people can get in contact with you? Sure. So um, my website, I mean, obviously you've heard Unless You're Off Right, so that, that's me with everything, basically. My website unleashyouralpha.com you can also grab uh, my book um, you know as you stated uh, did make it to number one on Amazon in the men's health category and that's just at unleashyouralphabook.com um, and Facebook you know at um, facebook.com slash unleashyouralpha if you want to say hi come and say hi brilliant stay in touch and if you ever sneak over to London again give me a shout but um I'll be over in America soon and I'm I'm overdue to come to your neck of the woods. So I'm looking to get to Sydney actually next year. I want to, actually we spoke nice. about that. I want to run the yeah. first uh, Alpha Way intensive over in Sydney in 2015. We're going to tuned over here and then we come over there and we might have to get you down to uh, get involved. Sounds like a nice match. Definitely. All right, mate. So look, cheers. Thanks for having me on, Adam. It's been great to uh, chat. Hope we can inspire some more men to, to unleash and awaken their alpha and, and live a more kick-ass life. Awesome. We're done. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. 
the Alphaway Intensive is now live. We are taking applications. Go to Facebook forward slash Awaken Your Alpha. Not necessarily in order, in order of who is suitable, most suitable, and takes priority. So, if you think that's you and you want to get involved, there are six spots for the UK, six spots for the USA, and that is all we're doing this year. So, get in touch, get on the Facebook group, like it, follow the links, apply, and I will speak to you in person very soon. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.